Well, good morning. Happy New Year. If you have your Bibles, find your place in the book of Galatians, Galatians chapter number 6. May the Lord bless you as we begin a new year together. This is the day that the Lord has made, and we will rejoice and be glad in it. And it's certainly good to have you. If you're a guest here with us today, I'm Pastor Mike. We're honored to have you. And please let us know, as we've spoken earlier, if there's anything we can do for you, any way we can help you. We want to do that and be available to you. Well, we've just finished over the last number of weeks talking about hope in God. And now we make a sudden change. And this is a very important switch that I have for us to make. And over, Lord willing, over the next few weeks, I'll, I want us to talk together about this very, very important topic. There are three enemies that oppose the believer, the world and the flesh and the devil. These opponents are real and they affect your spiritual life. And the, the reality is that based on the way you handle yourself as a follower of Jesus, I'm speaking to believers in these days on this point. Uh, I'll appeal to those who do not know the Lord Jesus, but primarily I'm speaking to those who are followers of Jesus, reminding us all today that the way in which we understand the world, and we'll talk about that in some detail, um, perhaps you've never really gone into any detail on this subject, but you need to if you're a follower of the Lord Jesus. The way in which we live in the world and yet we're not like the world becomes very essential for the sharing of the gospel and glorifying God. The reality is that we are promised and we are to overcome the world while we both live in it now and of course as heaven is our home. So we are overcomers, we overcome the world. And yet I find that as I look around myself and I look at my own heart, there are so many times when I seem to be captured again by the world, by the thinking of the world, the values of the world, the ideas of the world. They seem to press in on me and I'm not alone. I'm speaking to all of God's people here. And we have this <clears throat> pressure that we feel to somehow bring the best of the world and the best of the gospel together. That never works. It's not our intent to do that. So we'll, we're going to spend the time together because I believe it is important as I prayed about this and, and uh, really tried to prepare. I really believe that as a church we need to think about what does it mean, and I'm using this phrase, dead to the world. What does it mean to be dead to the world? I'm convinced that if you do not understand this first principle, then everything else you might want to say about the world and about worldliness is lost and misunderstood and takes you in uh, all kinds of inappropriate directions. The fact of the matter is that all of us came here today and we are living in the world. The question is, what are we as a church and as individual believers, what do we look like? And how do we honor and glorify God in the world in which we live? I'll talk more about what does the world mean? What are we describing here? <clears throat> so today will be a little bit of teaching, and I hope you'll be patient with me, but we need to do this together. And uh, so I pray that it will be a blessing. We turn to the book of Galatians. Paul the Apostle gives us some very important words here that I want us to see. In fact, this is the way Paul the Apostle lived. But I also am convinced, because of some other places we'll look at, that this is the way all Christians are to live. The same statement Paul the Apostle makes in Galatians 6.14 is the same statement that I make today and that every other believer makes today. 
So let's read beginning in verse number 12. Those who desire to make a good showing in the flesh try to compel you to be circumcised simply so that they will not be persecuted for the cross of Christ. For those who are circumcised do not even keep the law themselves, but they, des they desire to have you circumcised so that they may boast in your flesh. 14. This is the focus in verse 15. But may it never be that I would boast except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, through which the world has been crucified to me and I to the world. For neither is circumcision anything nor uncircumcision, but a new creation. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the Word of God. We pray that today the Holy Spirit of God would be our teacher. Bless the reading of your Word, and may we now with undistracted minds for just a little while, hear these important words from your word so that we might understand as believers our true condition in the world, that we are dead to the world and the world is dead to us. May we have understanding from the Holy Spirit today. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. I am convinced that until we understand the world and its, and, and its opposition, it being an enemy to the Lord Jesus Christ and to the church, uh, we will be in danger of not living in the victory that the Lord has promised to us. When we, when we come to focus on our lives as believers in this world, we must understand our place here is to be in it, but not like it. We are in the world, but not like it. And so... We'll talk about that and what does that really mean? What does that look like? What does the Word of God tell us? And when we understand as believers we are living in the world but not like the world, we overcome the world, that's also part of the very important reason why we share the gospel. So today we focus on the crucified life of the believer in Jesus Christ, yet while we're still alive in the world. Sounds like a contradiction, doesn't it? We're crucified and yet we're alive. This is Paul's description. This is the real reality of every believer who's listening to me today and those who are joining us online. May the Lord bless you. What happens to the believer who trusts in Jesus Christ through the cross of Jesus Christ? Oh, something very important happens. Not only are we freed and delivered from our sin, but oh, my dear friends, we experience crucifixion with Christ. This is a very important topic, one that you must understand, I'm repeating myself, if we're going to be effective and useful to the Lord in this world, that's where He's left us. We're saved and we're still in the world. We must understand this principle today of being dead to the world, living a crucified life in the world. So I, I want you to see from the passage in verse 14 that except the cross of the Lord Jesus Christ, Paul's only boast was in this. The world was crucified to me and I'm to the world. By the way, when Jesus Christ was crucified, he was crucified to the world as he hung on that cross and the world was crucified to him. He died to the world. The world was done with him. That's what we have in the death of the Lord Jesus Christ. So I have three observations for you today, and we'll use these to walk along. I'm going to take you through the book of Galatians and point out to you three very important places, in fact, four, 
four very important Bible verses from Galatians that take us somewhat on a, a, a train of mind, a path to help us understand what it means to live the crucified life as it relates to the cross. You see, the Lord Jesus Christ, my dear friends, was crucified in the world, in public, to the jeers and hatred and torment and torture of the world. He was crucified, he was ridiculed, he was mocked until he gave his last breath. The Lord Jesus Christ, the cross of the, of the Lord Jesus Christ stands planted in the world. And that is very important for all of us to remember. The cross of the Lord Jesus Christ stands planted in the world. And so there are three things that we learn from this verse today and from the verses Paul puts together for us about the crucified life in Galatians, the book of Galatians. Galatians is a region of Asia Minor and there were churches there that had been started and Paul's writing to them all. So this is a letter to a collection of churches. First of all, believers, I'm speaking to those of you who are saved today. This is a reality about you. You may not always feel this way, Perhaps someone's never taught you this. Uh, perhaps you've never understood this. But in order to understand your place in the world, you must understand what's happened to you as a result of being saved. Believers are crucified with Christ. And yet, as Paul says in verse 15, we're a new creation. We're alive. Secondly, the believer's natural born person dies with Christ. When you get saved, the natural born person you were, I call you a, and I call me a natural born sinner. That's what we are. We're natural born sinners. You don't have to train a baby to sin. It just comes out. Natural born sinners. You see, the believer's natural born person dies with Christ. When you come to know Jesus Christ, and yet then you become a new person. You have the same name, but you're not the same person. You have changed. You're a new creation. And then we'll look at this for some few moments together about believers being dead to the world. What does that really mean? How do we understand that? What, are, what does that mean about the way I live every day? Because the reality is that we are all saved and yet we are in this world. And yet the Lord expects for us to not be like the world, but to do our mission of going to the world and sharing the gospel and living in victory and overcoming. And that's the purpose and plan God has for us. That's the good news of the cross. The good news of the cross is that we are overcomers. And just like our Lord overcame the world, we overcome the world. This is the normal Christian life. So let's get to it. Number one, believers are crucified with Christ and yet we're we're still alive. Let's go to one of those famous verses that many of us in this room memorized. At some point in our life, I know that our boys and girls learn it. I know that our students learn it. We talk about it numerous times. Paul says in Galatians chapter 2, verse number 19, that the law shows me my sin. And when I come to know God through the Lord Jesus Christ, I die to the law. I don't try to live by the law. I don't try to live by the legalistic principles. The law points to me my sin, verse 19 for through the law, I died to the law, notice, so that I might live to God. Now, Galatians 2.20, these famous words, many of you know them today. 
but this will be a way for all of you to know them. For I have been crucified, past tense, with Christ. And it is no longer I who live. The old Paul is gone. The old Mike Miller is gone. The old you, follower of Jesus, is gone. But Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself up for me. So we see these words. Paul has said to us already, Galatians 6, 14, I should never boast in anything but the cross of the Lord Jesus Christ, through which the world has been crucified to me and I to the world. So what do we understand from this? Well, we learn what happens to every one of us who become followers of Jesus. When you believed in the Lord Jesus Christ, when you heard the gospel, and you repented of your sins, and you believed in Him by faith, you put your faith in Him, a, an amazing miracle, a spiritual miracle happened. You came to be in Christ. Christ came to be in you. You were created all over again, though you were still alive. You became a new creation, a new person in Christ. And now... You don't feel the same about the way you used to be. You're crucified with Christ. The Lord Jesus said, If anyone wants to come after me, he must deny himself, <clears throat> take up his cross, and follow me. That's the requirement for all of us who are followers of Jesus. You know, we baptize here uh, all the time, and I'm so grateful the Lord has blessed us with many who have come as a result of their faith in Jesus Christ, and we practice believer's baptism. We don't baptize so that someone becomes a believer. We baptize those who have repented of their sins, believed in the Lord Jesus Christ, and are coming to be baptized as believers. I call you to some famous verses. If you're following along in your Bible, it's Romans chapter 6, and we'll look there several times today. You might want to hold it there along with the book of Galatians. In Romans chapter 6, in verse number 3, Paul says, Do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ... That's what happened when you were saved. You were baptized into Christ. Not the water. You were baptized. A spiritual change came inside of you. The old heart of wickedness and godlessness was removed, and you became a new person in Christ. Christ came to be in you, dwelling in you by the Holy Spirit, and you now live in Christ. There is a fellowship with God now. Do you not know that all of us who've been baptized into Christ Jesus, listen now, have been baptized into his death. When we are saved, we're baptized into his death. I am crucified with Christ. Therefore, we have been buried with him through baptism into death, so that as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we might walk in newness of life. Romans 6, 6 says, knowing this, that our old self, was crucified with Him in order that our body of sin might be done away with so that we would no longer be slaves to sin. You see, whoever believes in Jesus Christ experiences crucifixion with Christ. We say it in the water. It's a picture of what's happened to us when we lay a believer. And those of you who've been baptized as believers, and I always appeal to those of you who are here, some of you have trusted and believed in the Lord Jesus Christ, but you have never yet taken that first step of discipleship, and you've never been baptized as a believer, I encourage you to do that. Talk with us about that. Buried with Him in baptism as we lay the person under the water. 
and we bring them up raised to walk in newness of life. You see, this is the picture of your life and mine as followers of Jesus. When you came to know the Lord Jesus Christ, the old you was buried and is dead. The old you is buried and dead. And you rose to be a new person in Christ to walk in newness of life. Your old self. I'm going to get to this in a minute. Your old natural born person. Your old self was crucified with him in order, listen, that the body of your life that wants to sin all the time might be done away with and that you no longer have to live as a slave to sin. You see, the death of Christ on the cross brings victory and salvation, friendship with God, reconciliation, all of those glorious things which we have talked about, but the death of Jesus Christ on the cross destroyed sin and death. The cross of the Lord Jesus Christ conquered the world. It looked like an utter failure. As the Lord Jesus hung and died on the cross, it looked like the world said, well, we're done with Him. We're finished with Him. This is all over with. We can go back to our regular ways of life. We don't have to listen to this, this man named Jesus of Nazareth. But the cross of Jesus Christ was that stake in the ground of the world that says now the world has been conquered by Jesus Christ. Christ freed them and frees us who are believers from the dominion and the demands of the world. And they are strong. And Christ provides the power of the Holy Spirit and grace to overcome the world. And His, His death on the cross brings about a way of life for us who are believers. So I, I sum up this first point Paul makes here. I am crucified with Christ, and yet I don't live, but Christ lives in me. This is the reality of how you live. The life you now live as a follower of Jesus in the flesh, you live by faith in the Son of God. You walk by faith, you live by faith, you were saved by faith, you live by faith. And as a result of that, you remember what the Lord did for you. You see the power of the cross of Jesus Christ saved you, but the power of the cross of Jesus Christ has crucified you. You are now the old you. You are dead. You are dead. Just as the Lord Jesus was crucified and died and was buried. Secondly, the believer's natural born person dies with Christ. And yet we're alive. Now go to Galatians chapter 5. Let's look at the second verse I'd like for you to look at. We see Galatians 2.20. Now we go to Galatians 5.24. And in Galatians chapter 5, Paul is talking about a very important principle for all of us. Do we walk by the ways of the world now or do we walk by the way of the Spirit? Well, if you're a follower of Jesus Christ, you walk by the Spirit. You walk by the Spirit. The, the, Paul talks about this in detail. I'll just have you run your eye through it, but I want to get to verse 24. In verse 16, he says, walk by the Spirit. You won't carry out the desires of the flesh. Some of you say, oh, I can't overcome my sin. I can't overcome my lusts and my cravings for this world and desires. Yes, you can. Yes, you can. When you live and walk by the Spirit, when you live a Spirit-filled life, you can overcome. You can, you can overcome those things and not carry out the desires of the flesh. 17, the flesh sets its desires against the Spirit and the Spirit against the flesh. You see, these are contrary to each other. The Spirit of the world is not the Spirit of God. We're, they're in conflict. 
Now that you're a new person in Christ, you have a perpetual lifetime conflict with the spirit of the world, which is the spirit of the flesh. And verse 18, if you're led by the spirit, you're not under the law. He goes on and describes the kinds of activities or behavior of those in the world. This is a description of the world. It's not a complete description, but it gives us some idea. Here's what the world spirit leads people to do. Live in immorality. To live in impurity. To live sensually and sexually so that all of life, for some people, is their entire identity is tied to their sexuality and to their feelings about sexuality and perversions and twistedness. It's idolatry. It's worshiping the things of man rather than the things of God. Putting others and things in place of God. It's enmity. It's strife. It's jealousy. This is the kind of thing that shouldn't be in the church. Outbursts of anger and disputes and dissensions and factions all around us in the world is nothing but the noise of hate and envy and dispute and dissension and fights and drunkenness and addiction to drugs and all the rest, carousing. And things like this, verse 21. Paul says, Of which I forewarn you, and as I forewarned you before, that those who practice these things will not inherit the kingdom of God. They won't be saved. These are not saved people. This is the way the world lives. As a result of what the world is in its thinking. And then he says, he describes the fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. And then he says the verse I want you to pause for a moment and look at now. Those who belong to Christ Jesus. If you're a believer here today, you belong to Jesus Christ. Now I belong to Jesus. Jesus belongs to me. That's what the hymn says. Now those who belong to Jesus Christ, you're saved. Notice what Paul says. Have crucified the flesh with its passions and its desires. Oh, the passions of your flesh will rage. We've talked about this in detail in the past when we talked about the battle and the importance of dealing with it. But you see, believers are natural born sinners. We're driven by desires of the flesh just like the rest of the world. Paul says something about this in Ephesians 4, 22. I'll just read it. He's talking about the former way you lived as before you were a believer and the way you live now. He says, Ephesians 4.22, in reference to your former manner of life. Everybody here who was once lost in your sin, you had a manner of life. You had a lifestyle. You had a way you lived in wickedness and godlessness. He says, in reference to your former manner of life, you lay aside the old self, which is being corrupted in accordance with the lusts of deceit. You see, that's what's so tricky for us. My friend, your lusts and your passions will fool you. They will deceive you. And those who are without Jesus Christ are growing greater in corruption every day. It takes more, it takes greater desires, it takes greater desire for wickedness and wicked deeds to satisfy their desires. The longer they go, the harder their hearts get, and they desire greater greater wickedness, greater ungodliness, until finally their minds are hardened and they have reprobate minds. Paul says that the natural man, natural woman, the person, the natural born sinner, does not accept the things of the Spirit of God. They're foolishness to him. The world will never receive, accept, or no matter if you talk to your blue in the face and you try your best 
to convince someone who's lost in their sins that they must believe in the Lord Jesus. Remember, it takes the power of God to bring people, to awaken them from their stupor in sin. The lost man thinks we're foolish to believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. They think that we're foolish to talk about Jesus Christ or the Bible or to do what we do or to serve or to think about heaven or that Jesus would come again. It's foolishness and they cannot understand it. The natural born sinner, however, who believes in Jesus Christ, listen, dies with Christ on the cross. Romans 6, verse 6, knowing, I hope you know this today, the old self was crucified with him. For he who has died to sin is freed from sin. And the natural born sinner who is saved by the grace of God and has been crucified and their flesh crucified, you know what? They don't live the same way. They don't walk around with the same clothes they used to wear when they were in the world. Listen to Paul in Colossians 3. In these things you once walked when you were lost in your sin, and you were living in them, but now you have put aside... Here's the clothes we used to wear when we were lost in our sin. Anger, wrath, malice, slander, abusive speech from our mouths. Do not lie to one another since you have laid aside the old self, the natural born sinner. You have laid it aside with its evil practices. That's what we did. We couldn't wait to get up to go do more evil. We couldn't wait to go and indulge ourselves in all kinds of godlessness and wickedness. But you have put on the new self. You are now a new creation in Jesus Christ. And you are being renewed to a true knowledge according to the image of the one who created him. So believers are crucified with Christ. If you're born again here today, you died on the cross as Christ died on the cross. The believer's natural born person is now dead. You are dead to the old way you used to live. That's why you feel such conflict now. Some of us are saved. I remember a fellow talk, telling me he became a Christian and he went back to see some people he used to run around with. He said, uh, that was such an odd experience. He said, I went back to these uh, fellows that I had run with and we'd done a lot of things together, a lot of wicked things together. And he said, I just didn't fit in anymore. He said, it wasn't that they said anything. It wasn't that they did anything. It's just everything they were talking about, I, have no, I had no interest in. In fact, some of the things they were saying, I was opposed to now as a follower of Jesus. Because what he was testifying to is Galatians 5.24. He had crucified his flesh. And he was no longer living by his passions and desires. But let's get to this last thing about being dead to the world. I truly mean this now as I talk to you about this. The church has gone through all of its history, all back and forth on how we deal with ourselves in the world. There have been times the church has said, well, we have to separate completely from the world of uh, people and practices in the world and just live by ourselves out here. It never worked out. Others have said, well, we're going to separate ourselves from the world because we're going to wear different kinds of clothes. We'll wear different kinds of clothes and then people will see that we have different kinds of clothes and they'll think that we're different. We won't adopt the fashions of the day. Uh, that'll be our big focus, our external appearance. So that'll be the way that we demonstrate 
that we are dead to the world. But the reality of it is that those are not the, those are not the true ways in which we must understand how we live in the world and glorify God in the world. This is at the essence of it. This is at the foundation of it. So I come back again to Galatians 6.14. What happened when Jesus Christ died on the cross? He was crucified to the world. He died to the world. Listen, but the world died to the Lord Jesus. The world didn't care anymore about Jesus. They, they were finished. He was done. He was no longer a problem. As I said earlier, they went on back to life as normal. This Jesus of Nazareth was done with. He was gone. He was eliminated. Crucifixion eliminates the problem. Crucifixion eliminates the problem. And so when we come to look at this in our lives, we must understand that we live in this world, but we're dead to it. We're dead to the world because we were on the cross with the Lord Jesus Christ. As we believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, this strange, amazing spiritual reality takes place. We're crucified. We're crucified to the world as the Lord Jesus was, and the world was crucified to the Lord Jesus. These uh, Galatian false teachers were stirring it up in verses 12 and 13. They were trying to make a show. That's what the world does. They were trying to make a show of their converts. They were trying to avoid being persecuted by the Jewish people. So they wanted these others to do this extra religious practice of circumcision. And they were saying that it was, you got to get saved, plus you got to be circumcised. You got to go through this religious practice. And Paul makes it clear that their boasting was about uh, the, the results of their work, gathering up a bunch of people. They, they had a worldly spirit about them. And Paul says, I'm not going to boast about anything. I'm going to boast only about the cross. And then he talks about the world. So for just a moment, let me talk about the world. What is it that I mean by the world? And what will I talk to you about related to the world in the days ahead? Well, it's obviously not, our, not the created order. The beauty and majesty of the created order the heavens declare the glory of God. And as Paul reminds us in the book of Romans, that all of creation is crying out, speaking out to any person who will look at the order of creation that there is a God. But the reality is that the world is a system. It is an organized system controlled by Satan, which operates around unbelief and idolatry. That's what we're dealing with. And every person in this room, you were born into the world, this organized system, which has its control by Satan. Some would snicker and laugh, Pastor Mike, surely. At your age, surely now, you're not going to go to the devil. Oh yes, we will. We'll talk about the devil. It's an organized evil system that is operating on unbelief. You see, there is no God to the world. There is no God. There is only humans matter. Only humanity matters. And however we got here over our long process of evolving, we've now come to this crowning achievement. What an achievement, the wickedness and godlessness of human beings. Nevertheless, the world says now we are achieving great things. Now we move on. It is a system that operates in total unbelief, in God, in the Word of God, and in the Lord Jesus Christ. It is an evil, sin-filled 
world. The operating system, the oper- the, this world is a place where you can do evil and be blessed for it and you can sin all you want. The Lord Jesus said that the deeds of the world are evil. The world hates the Lord Jesus Christ. He made this clear. Some people would say, well, the Lord was exaggerating. You think He was exaggerating? They crucified Him. The world crucified the Lord Jesus Christ. There's no exaggeration in this. The world hates the Lord Jesus Christ to this day. And the world hates and minimizes and looks away and ignores the church of the Lord Jesus Christ, the people of God. The people who follow Jesus Christ. The world is evil and sin-filled, hates the Lord Jesus Christ. It is a anti, it's an anti-Christ world. It has anti-Christ philosophy. And why are you surprised by that? It is opposed to everything that has to do with Christ. The world has its ways. We're saved from this world, and this is what the Word of God and the Holy Spirit are helping us do. How to follow the Holy Spirit is how to follow the Spirit and avoid, listen, the ways that were trained into you when you were born in this world. The world has ways of passions and desires and values. The ways of the world are filled with pride and arrogance in your ability to accomplish yourself. The, the world is filled with philosophies and thinking and these these thinking, this thinking and philosophy has a lot to do with the shape of our world today and lifestyles. So people stand and declare their, their twisted, perverted lifestyle in a world that pats them on the back and says, yes, that's good because everybody's lifestyle is whatever it should be because everybody is their own God and you do whatever you want and oh, the sadness of the ways of the world. The world has a ruler. It is Satan, the God of this world, who continues to try to hold in his domain and blind the minds of those who would believe. He sets traps in the world so that he might cause us trouble as believers. And the traps keep those who are lost in their sins and wrapped in the chains of bondage to their lusts. You see, the world feeds your lust. The world feeds your desires, your selfish desires, and you want more of it. When you come to look at the Lord Jesus Christ and following Him, it's about denial. When you come to the world system, it's about fulfillment. Do whatever you want. Be satisfied with your flesh. It doesn't matter how you treat anybody else. It doesn't matter what you do to yourself. Just so that you experience what you want to have in your life. The world has rules and demands for conformity. Next week we'll talk about this in detail. The world does not tolerate those who would step outside of its demands, its rules, and its conformity. You are expected to conform to the world. And the world leaves a mark on every person born into this world. The sorrow of the world. It's a mark. Sorrow. The sadness that we see today in the emotional stains, the emotional marks left in the minds of those who have committed great sin. Oh, the sadness of it. Even when someone comes to know Christ, these marks, these stains, these emotional stains, they leave their mark. The world leaves its mark and the corruption 
the corrupting power of the world feeding our lusts causes great corruption. You see, this is what we're talking about. This is what keeps us from walking in holiness. This is what keeps us from living for God. So the believer is dead to the world. Simply, it's this. No longer does the world fit in for me. I don't, I don't wear the world's clothes anymore. I, I'm not, I don't have these attitudes. I am talking as, as a believer. I don't have these desires I used to have. I used to look at the world and think that's what I was satisfied by. I used to love these things that were all around me and that I did, but now I've come to know Christ and these interests and these things don't matter to me. Their ideas and thoughts are, are insignificant and I see through them to see that these are a foolish man's trap, these things of the world. So the world is crucified to me. I'm dead to the world. And guess what? The world is dead to me. The world does not care about followers of Jesus Christ. We are in many places in the world today a nuisance. We are those who seem to cause the problems. We are even in this own country of ours, sometimes called those who are the immoral ones, the ungodly ones, because we stand on principles and believe in the truth of God's word. And we stand and say these things. And so there is opposition. But the world, you see, because I'm dead to the world, it's unable to harm me. Because I'm dead to the world, I, I, it doesn't keep my attention anymore. I'm not that interested in it. The things I used to try to do, I don't do anymore. So Paul says to us, as a result of the cross of Jesus Christ and coming to know Him, I have been crucified with Christ. And I am now, the old person that I used to be is dead. I don't care about that way of living anymore. And now I, I'm not interested in the world. So what do we remember from all of this today? Well, the cross of the Lord Jesus Christ, as I've said to you, saves believers and crucifies the believer. That's what happens. I am saved by death. I am saved by being crucified. If I am not crucified, the old flesh comes back. You see, the cross of Jesus Christ kills the natural born passions in my life. The more you follow the Lord Jesus Christ, you know what the Holy Spirit does when you start being tempted in your desires and passions? He starts leading you back to the glorious grace of God. He shows you the love of God. He points to the cross. The Holy Spirit tells you, you are greatly loved by God. Why would you who are so loved by God do such a thing against your God? This is the way the Lord works in our life. The Holy Spirit, you see, kills these desires by giving us something better. We now have the glorious desires of a spiritual life that are far better than anything we ever experienced in the world. So we use these things today by simply remembering this, that you must believe in the Lord Jesus Christ if you are going to be saved from the world. Here's the way I describe it to you. Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, and as Paul said, you become a new creature. You have the same name, but you are not the same person. We are in the world. We're living in the world. We have our cars. We use the technology of the world. We have our jobs. We bring our families up in the world. We deal with all the systems. We're not unaware of what these things are, as we'll talk about in the days ahead. However, we're dead to the world. No longer is it attractive to us 
You don't have to be educated to it. If you're saved, you know your uncomfortable feeling when you try to go back to the worldly ways. You don't feel comfortable about it. You may do it, but you don't like it. And the Holy Spirit convicts you of it. You see, when we crucify our flesh every day, we're able to live in the world over victorious and live by the Holy Spirit because we have been crucified with Christ. To the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ. And remember today, the Lord is near. The Lord is near. So we live crucified lives in order to glorify the Lord Jesus Christ and to do our job until Jesus comes again. Thank you for listening.